Welcome aboard. Welcome to the podcast. It's time for Hawk Talk with Jerry Hawk. So uh, today in in this Hawk Talk uh, episode, we've got behind the camera Ryan Kulka. And uh, he is uh, the, one of the principals. Is that what we'd call him? A principal? He's the boss man. He's the freaking dude. Yeah, he's uh, the behind man. the camera. And DJ <laughs> has helped me um, with putting this uh, these hawk talks on the air. So DJ, say hello. Hello world. And um, these are the people that are responsible for convincing me that these podcasts are worthy. <laughs> they actually drank the Kool-Aid and <laughs> bought my BS. So um, I, I, I want to try something different here today. And um, you guys have been listening and giving me great feedback, and I really appreciate that. We're having a good time. And, and DJ's going to be a good sport today, and maybe we'll do this more often, is give you an example of how coaching, how simple it can be. It's really simple. And it's not therapy. It's it's about meeting uh, DJ where he's at. And all the podcasts that you've heard me do, it's all about being present, being in the moment, and meeting the person that you're trying to influence or lead or or uh, help get unstuck. That's all this is about. So you know, appreciate you just being, just be loose. Um, not attached to any outcome. I don't want you to be attached to any outcome. Um, I want to read something here because this is really important because people get a lot of misconception about what coaching is. Sure. And here's, here's what I've been told about my coaching. Um, number one, I'm really authentic. So that means I, I do have scripts in my head and I do have a method to my madness but the most important thing is who's this person sitting right in front of me and there's, <laughs> is that a question <laughs> no don't we don't have enough time for you to try to answer that because oh, okay. you're way deep <laughs> yeah. so there's 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 three levels of listening and this is the part that I want everybody at home to understand is the first level of listening <clears throat> is is what I call first person now, there's different ways of saying this, but if you think about it in first person, like, for example, um, you ask me the simple question, hey, Jer, how was your weekend? And, and I start to tell you about my weekend. You go, and then you interrupt me because it resonates with you. And you start telling me about your weekend. And you didn't even hear me. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever, ever, ever had that happen oh, yeah. to you? Okay. Yeah. So the second level of listening is what I've um, had to, to teach my sellers, people in the business, like you guys are doing a fantastic job with these big companies, small companies, and your whole number one objective when you first meet them is to listen to every word they say and pick it up like a laser, being able to repeat everything back word for word. That to me is like second person. Okay. Okay. It's all about you. All about you. Write everything down, being able to articulate it back. So the third level of listening is being able to feel it, the emotional impact. Okay, you're telling me something, I'm feeling it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm feeling you, man. Yeah, that's I'm feeling the first person. I'm able to repeat everything back word for word. 
all while listening. I can hear the the cars outside this room. I can feel the heat in here. I'm watching the impact of my words on the rest of the room. Mm -hmm. That's level three. That's the goal. Okay. That's being totally present. And I think that's what makes my style of coaching unique. So what I want you to get out of this is to realize that you're a coach. You can do all this. And I put this clearing model up here as an understanding or a method of people that are watching this to see how I dance around this. Okay. <clears throat> so before I start, I want to read you this. And I don't know if it's a... It's an old tale. It's called The Tale of Two Wolves. And one of the versions go like this. One evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about the battle that goes on inside of people. You've heard this one. I have. It's, awesome. <laughs> it's a good one, yeah, yeah. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, Jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So what coaching is about is becoming more aware of the things you can't be with. All right? And today, all we're going to do is model it. So, let's start. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Um, so, what, what I'd like you to do is think about, you're busier than all Dickens. You've been away last week. You are on vacay. That was good. I'm sure you got a good reboot. Not necessarily, but... I kind of needed a vacation from my vacation. We oh. all know how that goes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah for but. sure. So anyway, you get back, you got a pile of stuff mm -hmm. to do. Is there anything out there that you, you might be grinding on you right now or you're just thinking about it, that there's some stress attached to it? Um, specifically related to work or anything? Yeah, anything. Um, so with the... Uh, the, yeah, with the whole uh, with, with the whole COVID thing that's going on, um, I am on my wife's health insurance, and she's an educator, and so the ambiguity about what employment is going to look like for her coming up in in uh, in the next school year, um, or maybe not, because she's a health associate. So if like they do virtual learning, there's a possibility she they might not have a need for her, you know if there's no physical kids there. Um, so that that uh, that's been weighing on us, and you know we've had um, we've obviously had medical expenses, uh, you know, over the summer, and wondering whether or not like we need to figure out something new for health yeah. insurance, or um, you know having to make you know pay uh, make payments on health bills rather than being able to pay them off because we you know we've we've frozen the HSA that kind of stuff. 
those you know those things pile up and they kind of weigh on the back of your head you know the not knowing and the stress of you know ambiguity right yeah so what I heard you say is um, right now you and your wife are wondering what's and I'm going to boil this down a little bit what's going to happen next she your insurance is attached to her employment her employment is ambiguous right now because um, she's in uh, the education system and that's all up in the air and in the in the state here and you know you're wondering about it mm-hmm. it's kind of weighing on you you've had some expenses this summer medically and uh, there's a lot of not knowing on the future did I get it yeah yeah so do you feel that anywhere in your body? Are you conscious of that? Oh, yeah. Um, where, do you, where do you feel it? I always kind of describe it as a, you know, I think I think a pit in your stomach is something that a lot of people use. But for me, it's a little more, um, it's a little more active than a weight. It's kind of electric. It moves. It kind of surges up through my chest a little bit. Wow. It makes me feel compelled to move or to act, you know. Got it. Got so it's it. it's very hard to, it's restless. Yeah, it feels restless. And that's interesting. You know, I've asked you to take the saboteur assessment that Shirzad Shamin's got. Mm-hmm. Did did that show up on there, Restless? Do you uh, remember? Yeah, um, I got, so let's see, I got the uh, the, um, the the stickler. That was my, <laughs> so yeah, restlessness, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, self-criticism was a big part of all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So your uh, um, stickler wants to know what's in the future. Yep. And that's causing, would you say, some kind of fear or anxiety? Anxiety for sure. Well, yeah, that's anx- electric. Yeah, anxiety based on fear, right? The, um, you know, it's uh, part of being a stickler is being a planner, having a plan. You know, right. so it's kind of like, well, where's the, <laughs> where's, where's the, the list? Yeah, the yeah. I's got to be dotted, T's got to yep. be crossed. Yeah, I have big stickler. At times, when I'm running different businesses, I've had a big stickler. I've got a big hyperachiever and a controller. My hyperachiever is like. Nothing's ever going to be good enough. And I'm only going to be happy when I get this next thing done. Sure. Okay, so I, I hear you. So I'm hearing some fear. Um, is there any other kind of emotion in there? Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's uh, um, not related to... There's a different thing that kind of gets in the way. I don't feel like it's... Uh, I mean, it gets entangled with that, but, you know... My brain kind of compartmentalizes things a lot of times, but um, the current climate, you know, of the just the social conversation uh, and the way people are behaving generally right now is um, there's a lot of judgment and shaming and stuff like that happening in just sort of the general public vernacular. And um, I got some. I got some history with with bullying, and I don't really like bullies, and I don't like bullying behavior, and so I, I noticed this stuff, and I don't know if it's a, if it's that I'm more hyper vigilant to it now, uh, or if it's actually increased, or maybe a little bit of both. So I got a lot of stress with driving because people act, you know, with that anonymity, they act kind of like bullies, right? They can, they they tailgate, they're tailgating more, they're driving really fast, and I'm just kind of trying to, I'm trying to use it as a bit of me time to just sort of observe, get to work, get home from work, whatever, and it becomes this really stressful 
space. So there's rage in there from that because I kind of have this, you know, mission from being a little guy that I'm going to scorch the earth of bullies, you know, which is obviously a fool's errand. But, you know, when that kind of behavior comes up, it gets, it really gets. I got it. Yeah. And I have it. I, I was really small growing up. So and my father encouraged fighting. Um, so, you know, whoever the biggest guy on the playground was, that's the guy I'd go after. I hated bullies. So I hear anger. Mm-hmm. I hear fear about the ambiguity of your wife and you and health care and, and uh, this whole, if I could put a name to <clears throat> the, the environment that you were speaking to is uh, right now what I'm noticing with a lot of my clients is that COVID has turned everything upside down. The paradigm has shifted. Mm-hmm. So I heard some judgments in there um, that people are more uptight. Did I hear yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I heard some judgments about how things outside of the environment are affecting you, mm-hmm. which um, these are my words, not yours, but could translate into how things are being led right now politically and socially. And I would hate to be a political leader right now. Yeah. You couldn't tough. make anybody happy. Right, <laughs> both sides yeah. of the aisle. Okay. Um, so I'm hearing anger and fear. Uh, do you got anything else in there that... Oh, no, I think those... I, I, well, I mean, they probably all boil into subsets of those, but I think those are the two big ones. You right know? on, yeah. right on. Well, good. Well, that's pretty clear. Um, it, of those things that you've mentioned, I did hear some data in there. Mm-hmm. There is the possibility. There's a judgment attached to the data around your health care. Mm-hmm. But right now, you do have health care. Right. You know, and right now um, you do have a, a sense of who you are in a really good way when you're behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. You could say that's data. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What other data is there in that story that you just painted for me? Um, well, I, uh, the there's... Um, I don't know. I feel like there's. It's gonna. Be, this is gonna be tough to. It's tough to to sort out judgments from data. So there, there's right. gonna be a couple of judgments in here. Um, I have kind of left the uh, social media scene personally because I was noticing that as I was on it, it was ratcheting up my anxiety. That's data. Yeah. That's I statements. You were talking to I statements. So anytime, anytime I speak in I statements of when, I, when I'm on Facebook, I feel this. <laughs> a feeling is attached to it. And, you know, am I judging people? Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I hear you. All right. And you're not, you're taking a break from social media. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, I, it's that whole thing about perceptions, right? I don't know if if people are actually being more judgmental. Hard to tell, but I know that I feel more anxious, and I feel I feel a sense of danger around yeah. saying something that someone yeah. will judge. So to me, it just felt safer and more calming to to step back from it, and that was a choice that I had control over. So I did, you know. Nice, nice. So, what else could you do today? To give you more of a calming 
um, there's a lot of okay that I could do today. 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 Um, I feel feel better when I exercise, um, which I already did do today. Uh, I I've learned that that um, it, it's it's not so much working out that's that's hard. It's always just getting the motivation to start that's hard. So as long as I kind of knock that out earlier in the day, I feel like my days go calmer. So nice. So I've I've felt that, and I'm making active choices to do that. Um, so exercise. Help. Exercise, yeah. Um, what else could you do today? It's it's always things that I have actual control over. You yes. Know? It's um, uh, if things get heated with a friend or with a family member or you know with my wife or something like that. Um, some things that I'm doing different that I do on a daily basis is tell people, you know, I'm just, I'm more high strung lately than I have been traditionally. So I'll do things like, I'm, I'm not abandoning you. I just need to go for a walk, just blow off steam, you know, so that I can be better in conversations. Okay. So translation, you're going to have more me time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, well, so good. I'm learning some hobbies that are fun. Nice. Learning how to play guitar, that's cool. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, so I've got a challenge for you. What okay. I heard you say, what you wanted is to stay engaged with your health, mm-hmm. which is exercise, going for a walk, having some me time, um, taking the stress out of your life, the things that are emoting stress. Mm-hmm. You're choosing consciously to, to put them aside. You're being very clear with the people around you that, hey, it's not you, it's me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did I miss anything? I think it's a pretty good summation. Of okay. Yeah. So this is kind of a coaching thing. So I have a challenge for you. Okay. And in a challenge, when it comes to me, you can say one of three answers. Yes, I'll do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Or three is I got a counter offer. So here's, <laughs> my, here's my challenge for you, DJ, because this is all about you. What I've noticed is you get joy from taking a walk. You get joy out of exercising physically. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you would get joy out of really putting a plan together on what you eat to nourish your body even more. There's another, there's a lot of data behind our neural pathways exploding into our right hemisphere which emotes even more joy through quiet time, meditation. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I got a I got a great app on my phone called Budify that I use. I try to get um, I try to get uh, twelve uh, minutes of uh, of mindfulness a day. Mindfulness is a hell of a practice. It's really hard, um, harder than any weightlifting or anything is a big mental Well, what you're doing is you are, you know, I'm like to view myself as a mental fitness coach. So what I'm trying to suggest is, is that we're going to move from left hemisphere, which is all doing to Mm -hmm. right hemisphere, which is building the muscles of your positivity. And when I build the muscle of my positivity and I look at an ambiguous situation, like is my healthcare going to disappear? I look at the opportunity behind it and I put a plan together so I can be proactive instead of reactive. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I sit and I take the time every single morning, even if it's for two minutes, try this. Take your finger and your thumb and rub it 
with such a tension that you can feel the fingertip ridges. They're bigger on my thumb than they are on my fingertip. <laughs> so you're, you're feeling it, right? Yeah. You've just accessed your right hemisphere. And this is where calm is at. So when the stress comes your way, Oh, just a little thing like that, huh? Paying attention to your breathing. So the challenge I have for you is to get a couple minutes in once an hour, especially when you're in a stressful situation, you've got client work going on, or maybe family, or having a crucial conversation with your wife about finances or with uh, your insurance. And that's part of the challenge. The other part of the challenge is to write down every single night one or two sentences what you noticed that day from doing that little exercise. Okay. Are you up to doing that? Yeah. <laughs> it's an example of a coaching situation. Um, obviously, the follow-up with him making a commitment um, you know, I'll ask you this. Are you willing to have me check check with you or would let's make it even better. Will you be willing to send me an update uh, a week from today and let me know how you're doing on your process? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. That's it. Thanks, DJ. You bet.